I am sick of people's ignorance when it comes to why black people are doing what they are right now. I'm tired of uh, hearing people explain why black people want, uh, you know, critical race theory, uh, justice, equality, saying how things are linked, how racism is linked, how uh, has a long history. I'm tired of hearing people cry and, 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 and beg and, and plead. I'm tired of being, you know, the, the weak. I will no longer strive to explain. Unless you, you've read all the notes, unless you, you uh, heard all the talking points, read all the evidence, and you still don't quite understand, you can, you, you, you list me off all, all the works that you, you read, all the sources, the front to, to back. I, I'll sit there and I'll, I'll try to explain to you. But if you don't get it at that point, I might just say you're a lost cause. But there is no way. All these people who, who shoot down the critical race theory, that shoot down the um, the understanding of uh, black history, the, the understanding of uh, why we don't want these Confederate statues, have read or, or tried to even sympathize with black people. I don't think these people even, uh, they, they don't even want to. They might eventually come around, but I'm tired of eventually having people come around. It's not saying that I don't believe in rehabilitation. The rehabilitation shouldn't uh, be at the cost of the innocence. It shouldn't have to cost uh, my life, my time, my freedoms, my happiness for you to learn something is wrong. When I hear these these white kids uh, or, or even these white adults say, I went through a racist phase. I, I said some very racist and homophobic and, and, and you know, anti-Semitic things. When I was in high school, when I was younger, uh, and, you know, like, I'm sorry now. And that's, that's it. That's really it. They think they say sorry and that, that fixes things. And they don't do anything about it because they're told all they got to do is say sorry and then they can go off to heaven. Well, I'm here to say the truth, that even if you do genuinely um, care, do genuinely feel bad, no one owes you forgiveness. No one owes you forgiveness even when you say, I'm sorry. That is the truth. you got to live with what you've done, and that is forever. Because your actions, even if it was, um, you know, out of a corrupt system, if it was um, led by misinformation are still your actions. And the, the things that you refuse to do and those things that you refuse to take note of still happen. Even if you were a 16-year-old who uh, accidentally ran somebody over just because you, you just looked at your phone, you think you the guilt is anything less you, even because that wasn't your intention, because you um, didn't think that would happen, you are still guilty of your actions. Now, I'm not saying that you're, you're uh, just a 100% demon devil, but you still got to face the consequences of your actions. You are not 
free of the guilt of what you've done. And your your punishment is a is all your life. It's you're going to have to live with that knowledge. I'm not saying never do good. I'm not saying that well even if you knew you were going to hell. Even if you knew you were condemned to hell, will you sit there and with all your free will and action try and and show that you, you cared and you repent for your actions? Would you strive to to sit there and, and aid people, even knowing that you're condemned to hell. Would you do that? Because everyone likes to say that they would, but their actions show different. I've seen quote unquote allies sit there and say, oh, I was racist, I learned racism and I, I've done that. And as soon as any praise or any sort of uh, gratitude or appreciation for just doing the bare minimum strikes there, their ego starts pumping and they believe themselves to be God. And then they they sink back into the, the racist pipeline. That they Even if they explained it and expressed it, they will fall back into it. I think true allyship is a silent one. It's one that you don't hear. And that's why it's, it's not, uh, it, it's, it's difficult. The truth is that if I had to explain why I don't trust white people around you, you are one of the white people I don't trust. Someone who understands where I, what I've been through when I tell them my story. I don't have to say what the story means. They can just see. They can tell. They can hear. And they can understand. Someone who truly wants to be your friend, truly wants to be your ally, truly wants to be in your life, will understand. It's disgusting. It's disgusting to, to try to explain and try to force friendship. Well, I've heard your story now, and that changes everything. Sometimes I don't hear a story, and sometimes I'll never will hear a story. I can tell by actions. I can tell uh, by words, uh, by, by few words, that a person is going through something. A person that, that you know, like, like in a minor inconvenience, you know, shouts and, and gets angry. They're not a happy person. They're not a good, and they might not be evil, but those people, they're sick. And just because you know, I, I still don't think being sick absolves you of crime. I can tell when people are sick. And I say that a lot of white people are sick. To sit here and, and do these things, to go and to to believe in, in such actions. Any time that someone would uh, <laughs> would believe that there's a superior race, or you know, you can pull yourself from your bootstraps, you can um, you can make it in a in a system that clearly shows favoritism and design. To, uh, to aid only few and discourage many. Anyone who can, can have evidence placed in front of them and refuse to read it. I don't, I don't see any uh, worth of saving this people. Even if I knew eventually maybe they'd get saved. 
but it's not my job to save them. I'm not going to bring effort to people who don't who don't themselves show any effort. I I refuse to sit there and keep doling out time and 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 tears and and pleading. And I'm tired of black people screaming and and, and praying and hoping that that white people will will stop, will stop doing this. Or if we build our own uh, empire, if we join the capitalism that they they decided, the same stuff that that has enslaved us, same very obstacles. You think that life is going to get better if we own our own buildings in a system? Sure, you can be a big fish in a pond, and maybe you can jump to a river. But you'll never be as big as the fish in the in the ocean. You'll never be bigger than them. And even if you could, you think we got time? You think we got enough time to to to? Oh, we'll we'll get a little bit of rights and a little bit of rights and a little bit of rights. Well, they got all the rights, and they you think that they're going to continue to? They'll continue to grow and will continue to grow. And you think that somebody um, wouldn't put more things in place to stop us from growing? Sure, they might eventually lose power. But is that a thousand years down the line? Is that a hundred years down the line? I am tired of patiently waiting for something that I am owed. That is something that I deserve. That is something... That it was gifted to me by God, and you're telling me to wait. And anytime you are not sitting here and trying your best, even providing violence to get me what I am owed, I don't see you as an ally. The truth is, if if there was a pedophile right in front of your, your face who raped your daughter, and someone says, well, we're going to go through the justice system and we're going to make sure that they, they, uh, all the evidence is placed in front of them. And you know he did it. Your daughter knows he did it. Everyone knows they did it. But they're a rich individual. They got the best lawyers. Say that he, he gets five years in jail. Five years in jail. You think you're going to sit there and be like, justice is served? Your daughter's life is ruined forever and you can sit there and you can stomach and say justice is served. That is that is what it's like, except our killers go free. Our killers go free. Our rapists go free. Our rape is justified. Our killings are justified. Our our, um, financial systems always justified. Our, Our poverty is justified. Literally showing evidence. Someone's spitting in our face. Our young have to become smarter and more aware and, and, and can't enjoy regular things because they they need to live in fear, a constant fear. Fear is survival for us. You you wonder why there's so many schizo, uh, schizophrenic paranoid uh, paranoid schizophrenics are, uh, that are, that are running around. They're like, black people are so violent. 
black people are so violent. Imagine every time you let your guard down, someone comes up and beats you up and potentially kills you. Imagine hearing, like, like seeing, not even just hearing, seeing someone let their guard down and they lost their legs. They let their guard down and their, their children are set on fire. They let their guard down and, I don't know, they, their whole livelihoods lost. Music is stolen. Properties, things, billion, billionaire ideas taken from us. And not even a nickel. We can track. We have people who, who uh, are entitled to land. We can find stolen objects that, that were taken from African individuals. And, and no one's out here trying to, to get uh, the Queen of England to give back African jewels other than the individuals that she took them from. I don't hear white people screaming, that, that's a must. That's a, that's a have to be done. All I hear him is screaming about how Ireland indentured servitude, uh, you know, the Slavic slaves. I, I don't hear any outcry to that because that's something that is currently happening. Hearing people talk about 9-11. 9-11 is a tragedy. It was. But to make it the tragedy, to make it the crux, to make everything seem so insignificant, as if there's a compare, there's, uh, you can compare tragedies. Making it sound like, that, that's the issue that I, I find with white people. They see 9-11 as their tragedy, as their holocaust, as their slavery. And they rally around it. As if, that, because that's the only time. That they they can they can use in modern day to know weakness, because before that, it was just Pearl Harbor. Before that, it was just World War Two, something that people have at that time did not see, did not witness. There was nothing that they could hold on to. The reason that they rally around 9/11, they they used as the time that they were weakest, where they assumed that they didn't have the power. They they were fearful. That is like that is what I feel is uh, white people's obsession with 9-11. It's not like we weren't there. It wasn't like uh, like black people weren't around. But black people weren't the uh, the majority of numbers in those buildings. It wasn't a target. If it's, if it's at, I feel that it was at white America, and that's why they rally around it. That's why they bring it up in nearly everything. They say, "Get over it." Except in our case, never forget. Never forget. I feel like uh, white people, as a whole. They're, they're taught in a certain way, like the, the education system causes people to become uh, so cold-hearted, especially white people. I feel like they have the, they can be empathetic, but they are trained not to. And I see that as a sadness, not, not as a enemy type thing. I just see that as a, a true uh, criticism. Like, why would you 
train your kids, teach your kids that uh, race or, or, you know, their thoughts or their opinions, viewing something different is, is wrong. Why would you tell your kids not to see race, even if that's how you actually want to teach your kids? Why would you teach them that? Or are you going to to set them up in the world and um, like oh they're gonna they're gonna be like see they're gonna see black people and they're they're gonna be like oh let me touch your hair or let me let me uh, squeeze your boobs because we're all the same. That's how you get people. That's how you get people in trouble, confused, and, and start them on a path of racism. Because if you train people or, or, or teach people, they see you every day. They assume everyone is white. And as soon as they see a colored person, they're going to treat them like they're white. And they're not the same people. We have different cultures, different customs. I'm not saying go go bring them to a Shanti priest or something and be like, this is African-American culture or, or this is black culture. This is African culture. Like, no. Teach them the best that you can about individuals being different. Don't make them lesser. We, we've been trying to tell people that we are not lesser. We are different. And we are fine with that. My issue is that around like the whole time period that the human race has existed, civilizations have arisen and fallen. But I feel that there are civilizations that understood that and taught that and thrived because of it. Yes, there were individuals in history that uh, practiced inequality and, uh, you know, like wanted ethnic cleansing. But no race has done it so efficiently and so uh, with, with such longevity as white people have. They've, they believed it wholeheartedly. They lied about it so good that they themselves believed their own lie and continue even to this day to use it. They teach it in covert ways and dog whistles. Just to uh, just to keep the uh, the thrive and the killing going so they can focus on profit. Uh, that's what I believe. I truly believe that white people train their kids to believe money, profit, goods and objects to be even more precious than human life. I believe that white people don't know how to express, you know, tragedy. They they view a loss of capital to be even bigger than a loss of life. And they they don't they still are human, so they comprehend it differently. They uh, they put their their hate and their anger and their frustration, they put it on to others. As children, as as mere children do, they say that we don't care about humanity. We don't care about being friends. If you don't accept my flimsy ginger uh, gesture as a friendship, then you are enemy. You think you're better than me. They view it as competition. You notice how white people, specifically. They use this, they, they say this uh, this thing in media. They say the human race is 
is cruel and corrupt and you see the pain that they bring on. But you notice how they only really express white um, white people events, white-led events, events that didn't really you know, coexist with, with all the races in the nation. And the only reason that other nations currently now are doing this is because that's the way that the world works compared to capitalism. And capitalism, as I said, comprises of white supremacy. Like these literal horrible tactics all stem from, you know, racism and and inequality that stemmed from white people and how they viewed the world. The inhumanity always comes from like a giant portion of inhumanity. I can name I like the the Russian the Russian gulags are a perfect example of, of just white inhumanity. Uh the Holocaust, the uh slavery, the the literal um chattel slavery in America. I'm not saying that there aren't examples in Africa or, or Asia or, or like the, these minority countries. I, I can guarantee you, chi- like China definitely has it. North Korea definitely has it. Japan. Dear God, if I had a, had a uh, you know, like a, a pen and paper, I couldn't list the atrocities Japan has done. But you notice that that, like, paler skin, these thoughts of of um, white supremacy, that white is better, these thoughts and practices derived those those nations. That um, Native Americans, yes, they, they've had like those, those individuals that were seen as like the worst of the worst, like you would think cannibals or, or, or like mongrels, but those, those people, even if, if, you know, shown, they weren't widely accepted they weren't widely believed in in uh, on all of uh, North America, North and South America. Those people were seen as savages, even compared to their own people. They were seen as underdeveloped. They weren't praised. They weren't uh, shown in history books. They, they were rarely talked about and only shown in the most negative light. But why, when it comes to our white counterparts, are those villainous actions, you know, not only shown in history books, but praised? Why are their thoughts and ideas even allowed to exist past, like, like a, a learning uh, learning situation? Robert E. Lee has statues. And, and this, this is a dumb argument. I don't know who decided to, to ever uh, involve this argument. Statues are not... Uh, viable history learning tools. They don't work. They're not good at, at learning history from I've never learned history uh, from a statue. I've never just gone, hey, you know, Robert E. Lee, let's see what this character is about. And we go to a museum and read a statue. If, if I wanted to learn, you know where I learned Robert E. Lee from? A book. A book in school online, a million of resources, even if people did learn from a statue at one point, which I don't believe at all. It doesn't even work now. 
because it's an obsolete way. We've not only had the internet for for years, like search engines have been around since I was was born. The internet has been around for a very long time. You can't use obsolete and outdated, uh, you know, reasons to to compete. If that reason is no longer acceptable, like, oh my God, I I, I keep, uh, you know, having to to, you know, have to dump my porta potty. Well, we we have these things, these space age uh, things called pipes. So why don't you pay the money and get a in some indoor plumbing and use your toilet? And get a toilet. That's that's a problem that's fixed with technology. It's fixed with innovation. I like. I guarantee you, the uh, loss of resources will not come from the the loss of Robert E. Statue. People are like, oh, he was a genius tactician. Okay, for his time, sure, but his tactician and his skills should not be praised in any way. It shouldn't be even subjective. You're just tolerating evil. I notice how this, this this tactic is only used with people that they deem enemies, like Martin Luther King. Like they'll bring up that like he uh he might have had a affair um you know during his during his stint during his life. They'll they'll bring that up. They'll bring up like his. Um, they'll bring up uh, Malcolm X's uh, prison uh, prison stint. The fact when he went to jail. They'll they'll bring up George Floyd's um, criminal history, his his record, his past. They'll bring on Trayvon Martin, uh, his his pictures and in in his uh, like I don't know his school record when he you know got suspended. And in the sixth grade, he'll, they'll bring up. Everything to uh, to slander this, these these men's names day in and day out. But they they they'll just like pass off um, Robert E. Lee's literal racism and his traitorous nature to this country. To this country, he wasn't fighting like uh, Russia or, or France or or something. He was literally fighting the flag that you supposedly care and love so much. And it's because you know, and I know that you don't care about this flag. You'll change the flag. You'll 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 change it if you need to. You love your privilege and your white skin. You you love to be on top. White people like that. They love to be on top. And, and again, being a side note, I, I want to refresh people. I want, I want people to understand. I'm not talking about all white people. But if you're offended or if you're hurt or if you're uh, if you if you ever you know feel like, hey, I, I got to argue or rebut with this person, you know, other than than just correcting like a, a small like information that that like was wrong misinformation. You are not my ally, you're an enemy. Any ally would know what I'm talking about, the reason why I'm talking about. It. I know that I'm justified. I know uh, I've, I've read enough. I've done my research. I know what I'm talking about. I know that I'm elegant enough. I know that I have confidence in myself 
not to be out here spewing misinformation. Now, if you come up with some information that, that can counteract my information, that directly has been proven with multiple sources, multiple, uh, you know, like uh, professionals, and then say, oh, okay, you know what, you're right. Not not some some conservative quack doctor who, you know, like, like as a foot doctor, and he said, well, I'm a doctor, and I say this is wrong. You, you know, you have to have the right criteria. You have to meet the right amount of sources. You have to read both opposing sides, and then I would hear your voice. But if, but it's, it's like that saying, everyone has a podcast today. Anyone can say what they want. Anyone can talk about a topic uh, a large amount of times, like uh, very long, very detailed. Doesn't make them an expert. Doesn't make them an expert. It really doesn't. I'm not even an expert. I wouldn't, I wouldn't even say I'm close to even being an expert. But I know the only thing that I can say as an expert is that I know I'm a black person. I know what I've experienced. I know what I've seen. I know that I have expressed to many black people who've also seen and felt and, and done the things that I've done. I know I'm not crazy. And if you want to sit there and act like I'm crazy as a, as a white person, well, you are my enemy. It doesn't matter how many cookies, how many things you try to, to bring, how, how you try to sugarcoat it. It's like, I never brought a weapon to you. No, you have brought a weapon to me. You, you have used your voice, your influence, and your time to either ignore or actively go against me. Because you stay silent when you hear my cries of oppression. The only time you ever get loud is when you don't think it will uh, aid you or when you think it will be uh, more beneficial. These companies only talk about uh, aiding black people when it is uh, crucial for them. These, these black people uh, only come out and uh, they celebrate white mediocrity. That is your anti-blackness showing. They sit there and they, they be like, oh man, he's invited to the cookout. First of all, there is no cookout. If there was a cookout, I'm not inviting you. People, like, if there is a cookout, you know, people know, like, uh, people come to the cookout, like black people, true black people just show up to the places. And we are, I'm grilling. I was like, oh, you're grilling, you're grilling. Oh, let me bring some stuff. Let me bring some stuff. It's not really a scheduled thing. Sometimes you got a lot of free people and they just come because they feel safe there. That's the cookout. That's the real cookout. How you know there's a cookout? You live in the neighborhood of the cookout. You know about the cookout because you can smell the food from the cookout. These black people want to say, oh, they're invited to the cookout. You ain't invited to the cookout. You don't know there's a cookout. The only reason you know is because your cousin was talking on the phone while he was playing cards at the cookout. Your cousin might be a real one. You, you, you probably not. I witness every day that there are black people who are whitewashed, who are uh, anti-black, who are who have Black Lives Matter in their bio, but sit here and talk about black women. You got black women talking about black men. You got 
black gay people only sleeping with white people. You know, there's a joke that frustrates me so much. You know, like, like they'll be like, ah, you're not black if you had this. And immediately, you notice how they always switch to white. Like, I, you're like, oh, you're, you're, you're kind of stretching it right there, aren't you? Like, you, know, you notice how we never switch to Hispanic or we never switch to uh, Portuguese or we, 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 we never switch to, uh, I don't know, uh, 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 Chinese, like uh, Asian, uh, Hispanic, uh, whatever. We never switch to that, but we go immediately white. And I feel like it's it's because black is seen as the opposite of white. We have been seen so opposite of each other. And it's true, but it shouldn't be. It's like, it'll be like, I'm not black anymore. And then I'll be like, and then I'll switch to speaking as well. I notice how black people also, um, they're, they're not extremely racist. Like, they're, they're black people that, that have shown extreme racism. But um, black people who are aware of that, they they are extremely conscious and and make sure not to to uh, make offensive jokes. Like black people that are are educated and aware. But you notice how even a, a white person of the same education, with the same background, will still make an offensive joke and have to be taught that it's offensive. As a, as a black person. If someone says that something is a slur, even once, I take note of it. I hear it, I take note of it, I don't say it. There are certain Hispanic slurs that, I, that at one point I heard, and I, I deemed, I don't want to say it. And because I don't think that uh, anyone would, would call me out, I, I, will, I won't um, you know, get any slack for it. I'm, I just don't say it because I don't, a, I don't really know the term. I don't know uh, what it is. I don't even know what the meaning is. I'm not going to say it. It doesn't matter if someone explained it to me or not. I might pull somebody aside and be asked, hey, what, what does this mean? I've heard it. I just want... They ask a question. They, what, what, What's the difference between black and white people when it comes to that? It's that they never even ask. They never pull somebody aside in private and, and just honestly generally ask they sit there and then they use it with their whole chest and only when it's in the backlash only when it's when it's extreme do they say oh i'm sorry i didn't know why would you say it if you didn't know why would you say it and you clearly like, like they could see and then as a as an excuse they say oh I, uh i the only time they research it is when they're like oh i don't want to get canceled like as first of all I hate white people for learning slang because they assume they, they take a word and they run with it for for like years, days. Not even just white people. I've I've heard Hispanic people. I've heard um, wait, it's, it's basically everyone that's not black and even black some black people, but all the anti-black people. Yeah, that's really who it is. Because it doesn't really matter what your race is. Anti-black is anti-black. Um, but they sit there, they get a word, and they run with that word till the end of time. We say, oh, you're canceled. That means that we're not going to 
to buy your merchandise. We're not going to support you. We're not going to be, uh, we won't be aiding you in your career. Why do people take cancel and they just make it the worst? It's like, oh, you canceled me because I said uh, the N word 52 times. You know, you didn't even give me a chance. Like, for, like, or, or they'll be like, oh, you canceled me because I, uh, I ate some Aunt Jemima's, uh, you know, like, like pancakes with the syrup because of the face. You're going to cancel me for that. You... Do you not understand criticism or explaining some to someone? Hey, that that's that's not really right to to being blatantly racism, yeah, blatantly racist. Like canceled is used for people who, you know, said uh, said something that it wasn't really blatantly racist. Either it was really strongly uh, racially motivated and really insensitive, and and people have explained and you refuse to acknowledge or address it. So we're no longer going to support you. There have been people who said something extremely racist and then come back and be like, oh, I'm sorry. And nothing has happened to them. Their career was not damaged. Canceled is, is like, it should have remained in the in the black community. And, and that's why I, I hate when black people become social media famous because it's like our words, our slang is taken and it's generalized and it's uh, subsidized and it's it's large and expand, it's, it's shrunk and it's contorted and it's mangled to the point where the word doesn't quite mean the word anymore because other people got to the word and now I can't really explain because like, I'm be like, bro, I'm going to cancel you if you, you say that. Oh, you're going to cancel me. Oh, you're going you're, you're gonna to trigger me. It's like, we say something and then you take it. When we say light skin versus mixed when I say light skin, people just assume I'm saying mixed. Be like, do you not get that mixed? Just means you have one uh, ethnicity mom and one ethnicity dad. You have two people who are of different ethnicities. Two people of different ethnicities. And get that I say ethnicity. Now, because you could be a, a black person from Chad and be a black person from Nigeria. And you notice that those are two different nationalities, but that doesn't make them mixed because their skin is not the, it, like, like if their skin is the same shade, they're not considered mixed, even though they, they should be mixed. Technically. We, like, we in the black community, the African-American, we coined mixed. Mixed meant you have a white dad or black dad, and you had a white mom or a black mom or whatever, a lighter skin dad, like one light skin and just one black. I said that slow so people can understand that the key term to that was a black person and then someone else, and it made you lighter skin, so you're mixed. You are two different ethnicities, and people took that and thought that when we say, hey, man, she a light-skinned baddie, that means she's mixed. Those two words 
that even though they, they can closely be used, they use very closely, does not equate to the same thing. And black people knew this. Black people know this. So that's why we say that we we say it properly. But you notice other races take it, other other individuals take it, and then they mangle it. They have to, to mangle it all the time. I'm tired. Tired of, of, of it. like, I don't explain it, but I'm tired of hearing it. I'm, I'm tired of, of, of be like, there, there's always a white guy or, or, or like, like a college kid, right? Or on TikTok, or on Instagram, or Facebook, or whatever, who thinks that they found the cure to racism. Always thinks that they are the Messiah that can fix this world. They get a God complex. It'd be like, the way that we stop racism is we stop talking about it. And then, like, other white kids, oh my God, wow. And we're about to fuck you. Fuck you. You're not a genius. You're not, like, like we have, black people have been had the answer. Black people legit had the answers and solutions to a lot of these things. It's white people that like continually block and deceive and try to ignore the answer. And your ignorance is so heavy. Like, I, like, I legit feel like some people don't know that they're ignorant. They don't know that they're stupid. It's like convincing somebody that they're not wrong. Convincing somebody that they're not stupid. Has been the hardest thing, because they treat you like you're legitimately dumb. They treat you like it doesn't work. I I, I legit tried to explain to somebody why capitalism doesn't work, especially with black people. And they're like, well, how do you know communism or socialism or any of the other social systems would work? And I'd be like, past other countries literally being those those ways and succeeding even if we didn't know i can explain to you the failings of this current system and saying that instead of you deciding that this system clearly has shown to not be effective in working so we have to try other things and hope and, and hope for the best and and pray that they would work and using our scientific data and our, our, our charts, maybe this one would, would suffice more or be have a higher success rate. Because even if, let's say, uh, let's just use socialism and, and capitalism. And I say that this system uh, uh, successfully aids 45% of the U.S. population, 45% of the people under it. And that's not a lot. And we'd be like, that. that's failing a lot of people. But I say, I bring up with a, a different, uh, different uh, system, like socialism. And I go, this one has the possibility, the probability of uh, working for 41%, or not 41, 51%, so 51%. And someone says, that's not really a huge margin. Or yeah, that, that's a few more people, but like, like we should strive for a hundred. If it's not a hundred, we shouldn't change it. My 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 question to you is: so instead of 
potentially helping 51%, uh, a whopping 6% more people that could potentially aid in finding newer and better systems, making the system more efficiently. We're going to stick with a proven uh, system that fails a lot more than potentially helping more, even if it's just 1%, even if it helps 1% more, if it helped 46%, we should do it because it helps more people, guaranteed. Your thought is that if it's not 100%, if it's not uh, like a huge margin more, then we can't do it. That is your logic. That's that's what I hear every time. So it's like, instead of of doing that, I I go, where is your morality? People will, will sit there and explain practices that don't make any sense or that are only profitable, but actually are morally corrupt. Every single day, they will explain something to me like, uh, uh, like resellers, resellers. Financially, there, there, it's a good idea to to buy up a uh, like a rare and valuable item and then distribute it at a slightly higher cost or even extremely higher cost, and you can make profit. You would be like, yeah, that's a good business move if you can pull it off. That's kind of impressive that you would, or or like it shows that you're a heavy work ethic. Of going around and buying it, but the fact of it is negated by the fact that you can literally do that if you have the starting capital, if you have ten thousand dollars, and buy up all the, the the resources, you can triple your money, and you can continue to do that, and then leech off the system of a broken system. Business wise, that's a good idea. Morally, you're an ass person. And we should be speaking with more, uh, with morality. As anyone, with it doesn't matter what your religion is, but if you see something that's inherently broken, a kind of, you know, it's, it's inherently evil. Like, okay, you can buy all these things and then sell them for twice as much as they're worth, or you could just leave them, and people who uh, who want these things can buy them for what they're actually worth so we can live in a society that doesn't have to to underhand and undermine each other and you you don't have to sit there and and sit by a computer and look at a website and and hope that you buy a certain item or you know just uh you know we we think okay those are just shoes shoes are, are, are nothing they're just fashion statements you can you can go buy shacks you can go wear shacks and whatever but I tell people, what about if they were orthopedic shoes? What if they were shoes for kids with club foots? Then they start to kind of have a different feeling. If I said, hey, this reseller bought up all the shoes for kids with club foots and trying to sell them for twice as much as they were. And these kids really wanted to look cool and they were made by Nike and they were specifically for kids with that special need. Well, then... I hear a different, like, oh, okay, that's kind of sad. They shouldn't do it. Now they're a bad guy. Why do we, why do we always treat regular, normal, like, not not regular, uh, just like people without disability, people who can live life without a uh, disability impeding their life? Why do we treat them like such shit? Why does it take 
uh, them getting over on somebody who, who's uh, disabled or uh, incapable of defending themselves for us to then uh, choose to do action. It's like you you tell a, a man, oh, th- this uh, woman got raped on the train. And it's like, oh, okay, she shouldn't have wore that and she shouldn't have done that. And she, But you say a, a mentally ill uh, paraplegic person uh, was kidnapped and then raped. Then it's like, oh my God, it should have never happened. There should be rules against it. We should find these creeps. Why do we treat individuals without disability like, like people sometimes get uh, taken advantage of? Sometimes people don't know information. Sometimes something just something happens. A situation is not fair. Instead of trying to blame all these people and trying to get them to to uh, step over or step around or walk around, why don't we just fix the issue? Why don't we just come together and just say, yeah, no, that's wrong and that shouldn't be like that and let's correct that. We make, uh, like, business are making guys to how to live life with uh, a non-livable wage. Which should never happen, because if you have a job, it should just be a livable wage. And if you say, oh, it's just a, a means to an end, meaning you are, are you're, so you're expecting th- these people to just have a job that can't pay them anything to, or to live life by themselves. Say a situation happens where they can't leave that job. No benefits and, and, and nothing. You know, like what I would see if if I was a business owner is like, okay, the, this person worked at McDonald's and then worked at at Wendy's and worked at this place. It's like, why why did you keep getting these one year jobs? Like, I'm not gonna look down on them, but I'm gonna be like, are you gonna commit? Like, what if a, a what if a employer saw that? They'd be like, oh no, it's it's just a team. It's like. What if I saw somebody who had to work at McDonald's for five years in their life? Well, I, I couldn't get uh, like any, I couldn't get on my feet. You know, I had to, to continue working. I was working at school. Uh, you know, like I just couldn't leave that job. That was the only job available. That was the only job hiring. There are so many um, instances that like uh, right now I feel like my brain is, is it's, it's under so much pressure. Hey, I, like, I'm so frustrated that I ex- I have to explain. I have to try to dumb things down, try to use examples, trying to just explain things that should I shouldn't have to explain. I should just be living life, but I'm sitting here in my car trying to vent, trying to function properly, trying to, uh, like, scream just for anyone to hear. That this is an issue. So someone asked me. Someone asked me the other day. Um, it's like, like, why are you so angry and bitter? Why, why, why don't you just be happy? You're, you're not in a situation where it's, it's sad or it's not. Man, why do you look at everything so bad? And I say, if you can, if you can go to your house that is filled with trash, that the lights don't work half the time, 
that um that sometimes you know have cockroaches and, and right now it, it it doesn't look too bad aesthetically but that they tends to to smell like that to reek like garbage and say wow this, this it might not be the best but it's, it's all i got and it's good right now if you're not sitting here trying to fix that issue those very important issues there, there are issues that that are livable and there are conditions that are unacceptable if you sit there and you can look at all the unacceptable in this world and you don't get angry and don't want, and aren't aware of it if you're aware of it and you're not saying that this is unacceptable and i got to do something about it right now then you're not living you know those all those ted talks that you like to to listen to and, and get pumped up that is that is it you see something wrong you fucking fix it i see something i see a lot of things really wrong if I see all these things wrong, I know that they exist and they're aware. And I, I know that they can impact my life and they are opposition to not only my life, but other people's lives that could potentially impact my life. Like right now, I'm thinking like, like I, I the most selfish thing you can do in this world is care about other people because I'm thinking about myself. Because when I... Uh, when I look at my neighbor and I want my neighbor to do good and my neighbor wants his neighbor to do good and the neighbor beside him, well, then I care about the block. And when the block cares about the people in the block, the block cares about other blocks. And the blocks care about other blocks. They care about other blocks. And those blocks care about the neighborhood. They, they care about the neighborhood. They care about the town. They care about the town. They care about the city. And the city cares about the state. The state cares about the country, the country cares about the world, the other countries. Potentially, they're like uh, somebody struggling right now could be my next girlfriend. Potentially, it could have been my next girlfriend, but she's struggling mentally. She could be suicidal. Someone who I've never met could potentially be the man to cure cancer. Potentially, there's someone right now who could make one of my favorite songs. But they're struggling with poverty, with with uh, not a safe place to live. They are struggling. But that's all I can really say right now. There's not enough time in this world. There's I'm drained. I'm tired. Look, I'm not. I'm not even saying for an individual. Individuals are smart. Individuals can't have the potential, but as a group, you got to hold each other accountable. you got to hold not only um, like close friends, but you got to hold people that you, you see every day accountable. Those racist co-workers, those racist uh, bosses, those... If, if you got to book it to every news outlet ever, if you, you got to do it. Heck, even sometimes... You got to do something extreme and wild. If this is the the only sign to, to do something, heck, I I thought about it and I said, what if I maxed out every credit card and and, and like every every ounce in savings just to get the message across? Well, I need to do it.